want you to take your Bible while we're together and we're standing, and I want you to go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. I'm going to continue something that I started last week that I did not know would sort of become a series of things, but I'm feeling God is doing something in houses and families. One of the things that we haven't talked much about in this pandemic is the toll that it's taken on our homes. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a lot of increase in divorce right now. There's a lot of increase in domestic violence right now. There's a lot of people having breakdowns right now. I think this pandemic, among other things, has revealed some stuff that was under the water, under the surface that we just need God to help us through and break us out of. And I believe God loves us too much to let us escape this moment without him taking care of every single attack of the enemy that has been formed against us. God's going to bring his people into a place of completion and breakthrough. If you believe that, say amen. Help me welcome our Athens family. Come on, tell Athens good morning. We love you, Pastor Chris and Amy. We love you, Pastor Devin and Ingrid, the entire Redemption to the Nations Church family in Athens. We thank God for what he's doing there. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. I want to start reading in verse number 11. 2 Samuel 5. And uh, we will, actually 17. I said 11. 2 Samuel 5 verse 17. And I want to preach today, we, we started last week with this thought on the house of breakthrough, but I want to preach today a message in that same train of thought called the Lord of the breakthrough, and I'm going to, I'm going to actually the Lord of the breakthroughs. Look at somebody tell your neighbor, he's the Lord of the breakthroughs, plural, yes, we're going to go somewhere with that today. I really feel like God wants to do something in your house, in my house, in this house, if God's going to do something in a nation, it's going to be because of what he does in a region. If he does it in a region, it's because of what he's doing in a community. If he's doing it in a community, it's because of what he's doing in houses. If he's doing it in houses, it's because of what he's doing in hearts. It starts with one, and there is something significant about God starting something in you that is going to bless everyone in your house. Second Samuel 5, 17, when you got to say word. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Say Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-perazim. Everyone say Perazim. And David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through, broke through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. Say Perazim. And they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. The King James Version says they burnt them. How many know idols don't need to be kept? They need to be burned. They burned them. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed. Say once again. Once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord and he said, You shall not go up. 
circle around behind them and come up on them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to advance. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Lord of the breakthroughs. Baal Perazim, Lord of the breakthroughs. We're going to talk about it for a few minutes this morning. Let's open our hearts. Father, bless your people as we go into the word of the Lord. I thank you that the Spirit of God anoints our ears and hearts to receive and anoints my heart and mouth to deliver it. And I pray that there would be a great teaching and preaching grace in this room, that a spirit of wisdom and revelation would fall, that it wouldn't just be about getting nuggets of, of, of wisdom, but it would be about a revelation coming from the Holy Ghost, a rhema word that quickens our hearts and lives and positions us to move into a place in the spirit that we could not get in our flesh. Help us, Holy Ghost. Today, I thank you for what you're doing already in this room. I have sensed your power. And now as we preach the word, I pray it would go forth under the anointing in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. You can be seated in God's presence. Last week, we talked from Ruth chapter four about Boaz and Ruth. And I'll in just a couple of minutes, remind you of what we talked about last week and summarize that, that whole story because uh, it's, it's pertinent and germane for the assignment this morning. You remember that Boaz and Ruth got married and upon uh, their betrothal to each other, they stood in the gates of the city. And according to Ruth chapter 4, verses 10 through 14, the elders of the city lifted up their hands over Ruth and Boaz and released and pronounced a blessing over them. And within that blessing, there were a number of things that they blessed them with. But one of the things that caught our, our attention that I don't know that I've ever seen before or even heard preached is that the blessing of the house of Perez was pronounced upon Boaz and Ruth. And that is significant. We talked about why that's significant last week. Because the house of Perez is one of breakthrough. Amen? Say breakthrough. The house of Perez is one of breakthrough. In fact, Perez's name means breakthrough. He was born in a breakthrough, came through an adverse situation that it did not look like he would overcome or be victorious in. And in the womb of his mother, Tamar, God shifted things and pulled Zerah back and Perez came through and they named him Perez, which is breakthrough because they knew God had given him a breakthrough and he'd become the, the possessor of the birthright and the blessing of the firstborn. And so we come to Ruth and, and Boaz last week, and we saw that God uh, took these two unlikely people, put them together, and as they go out into marriage, the blessing of the house of Perez is pronounced over them. And then the fourth chapter of Ruth, the last chapter of Ruth, ends in a unique way. It ends with the genealogy of David's family line, which is significant because it doesn't start back further than Perez. It starts with Perez. If you look at the last chapter of Ruth, it gives the genealogy of David, but it begins with Perez because I think what God is trying to get us to, to, to bear down on is that David's line and those that would come through his line, really it began with the breakthrough that was attained through Perez and it just kept perpetuating through David's sons and his sons and his sons. And I think there's something significant for that. Uh, with that for us this morning, and that is this. You can never underestimate the power of your personal breakthrough. You never know what your breakthrough is going to mean for future generations. 
And as I was thinking about this this week, I, 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 I really believe in, even in my own personal life and in many lives of people that I walk with and, and, and I've seen God give people breakthrough, this is how this thing works. The enemy wants you to believe that every time you fail, it is because you are a failure and everyone in your house is going to be a failure because you're a failure. He also wants you to believe that every time you win a victory, it's not that big a deal. But the fact and the actuality of the matter is this. The opposite is true. Every time you fail, you should get up and shake it off because although you failed, you are not a failure. And every time you win a victory, it is not a little deal. It's a big deal because you never know which victory and breakthrough that you're walking in is going to give breakthrough and victory to your offspring down the road. I wish the church could zero in on this generational thing about God, that he's not just blessing us for us. He's not just speaking promises over our generation for us. He's not just being good to you for your sake. God has generate. Come on in here. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not just blessing Abraham for Abraham. He's blessing Abraham for Isaac, and he's blessing Isaac for Jacob, and he's blessing Jacob for his 12 sons. Why? Because God is a generational God, and he's looking for someone in your family line, in your bloodline, in your lineage who will say, the mess stops here. I'm not going to perpetuate darkness. I'm not going to perpetuate uh, traditions that have brought my family into bondage in the name of Jesus. Jesus, and by the power of his spirit, my, my family is going to be a blessed line. My house is going to be a blessed house. And my people are going to be a people of breakthrough. What God started in Perez did not end with Perez. He started something in his family line that produced and perpetuated breakthrough through every generation. That's how powerful the work of Christ is in your life and in mine. He will start something in you that will chase down your children and your children's children and your grandchildren. And you say, Pastor, well, my kids are screwed up. Well, they are right now, but they're not going to be forever. Because I'm going to tell you right now, any enemy that's putting his hands on your children is going to have to pay back for what he took. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And I don't know how bad it's been, but I know this. When God steps in, the enemy has no choice but to back up. And I feel like God is getting ready to step in for somebody today. Breakthrough begets breakthrough. <laughs> if you ever get one, <laughs> if you ever get one breakthrough, it begets another breakthrough. If you ever taste victory and you ever get a revelation that the devil is under your feet, it starts a party. It starts a cycle. It starts a thing that the enemy cannot stop. And it's this, this what I call a culture of breakthrough. Don't your neighbor say culture of breakthrough. Have you ever been around people who live and swim in the water of breakthrough. They just, you, it's not that they don't go through problems, but you and I would never know it. 
Because no matter what they go through, they just seem to always overcome. It's a culture of breakthrough. And if you and your family or someone in your family ever experiences breakthrough and gets a revelation, the devil is defeated. Something starts shifting in your house. And I told you last week that this is the reason why some of us in this room today are going through such battles. It's because you are a pioneer of breakthrough in your own house. And pioneers often have to cut down the trees and deal with the stuff and install infrastructure and they gotta do the stuff no one else wants to deal with. We're driving on roads today that were pioneered by a generation before us. They had the hard work of plowing down the trees, of leveling up the ground, of pouring the concrete and the pavement, and we're driving in our car not thinking of the price that was paid by the generations before us so that we could drive to church instead of having to get in a buggy driven by a horse, come on, going through potholes. Of course, in Chattanooga, we got our fair share of potholes, right? But the reality of it is somebody pioneered it, and there are some pioneers in this room today. You've been fighting warfare that you're not sure about why you're fighting it. You've been going through stuff and wrestling spirits that you didn't understand why. I'm telling you why. Generationally, those spirits have laid claim to your bloodline and told you that you'll never be free. And I came to tell somebody today that devil is a liar. You're going to be free. Your children are going to be free. If Perez ever gets a breakthrough, everybody in that house is going to experience it as well. We're building a culture of breakthrough. Somebody say amen. God did something through the life of Perez that produced a culture of breakthrough for future generations. We need a culture of breakthrough in our families. I want your kids and mine to grow up believing that they're more than conquerors. I say that and religious people flip out like, I never will forget being rebuked, so-called rebuked by a so-called theologian about, about always talking about uh, victory. It, 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 and, and the way they said it to me is, you don't know how to identify with the suffering of our Lord. Or you talk about his victory. Okay, first of all, chick, you don't know me. And you don't know what he brought me out of. And you weren't there the night when I was in a fetal position in my bed, thinking I was going to die, told I was losing my mind, 19 years old, laying at Lee University, losing weight because I couldn't eat, depressed, clinically depressed, and felt like I was losing my mind. And he walked in my room and broke every chain. And I am not able to sit down in a religious context and twiddle my thumbs and get through two fast songs and a slow song and preach a sermonette driving a Corvette on my way down to a dinette smoking a cigarette to talk about a little God doing little things. When he brought me out, the smell of smoke wasn't even on my head. I'm here today by the grace of God. I've been through hell and I've come out on the other side. I've been through some bad days and I came to tell you it gets better because y'all better quit. Slap your neighbor, tell him he's the God of breakthrough. He's not some limp-wristed God in a corner of the universe popping Prozac wondering how. He's a God who has all power. He's a God who has all authority. And he's breaking through for us today. 
We need a culture of breakthrough. I know, I understand suffering. I understand bad days. But religion says it's got to be like that forever. Here's what I found out about the enemy. Your family and mine will suffer from defeat until someone stands up and believes God for a breakthrough. If you just think your lot in life is to be run over by the devil all day long and to just be the dartboard of hell, it's not how, you know, Jesus didn't come so you could survive. He comes so you could flourish. And the church has taught coping skills instead of more than conquering skills. Something is wrong when we think all there is to life, hanging around, nothing to do but frown, rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Man, isn't there more to Jesus than that? Isn't there more to Jesus? Come on, we have preached. We have, I was listening this past week uh, to a story about uh, Albert Einstein who went to a church and he left the church and he said, I don't think I'll ever go back to church again because the God I read about in the Bible is much bigger than the God that they're serving in that building. I don't know about you, but I am tired of religion minimizing the power of the God we serve and maximizing the pressure and the pain and the hell we go through. Yes, we go through things. Yes, we have bad days. Yes, sometimes we even experience suffering. But my Bible tells me in the book of Psalm, the 84th chapter, when you come through a valley, there's another dimension of strength that is released on your life. God doesn't waste pain. I'm going to rewind that one. God doesn't waste your pain. Your pain is productive. Your pain has a purpose. And whenever you walk through fire and come out on the other side, there is a promotion. There is an increase of authority. There is an increase in your anointing. Come on in here. When you get squeezed a little harder, something comes out in a greater dimension. It's the grace and the oil and the anointing of God. And so what we see in this Text today is a man who came through the lineage of Perez. You know the story I told you last week. Perez had a breakthrough and Perez had a son. Perez's son had a son. Perez's son's son had a son. All the way down to a man named Boaz who came through the house of Perez. Boaz had a son named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse. And Jesse had a son named David. David is from the house of breakthrough. But David is getting ready to get his own personal revelation of breakthrough because here's what I found. You can come through the house and from the house of breakthrough, but if he hasn't broken you through, this is where we lose our sons and daughters. 
And I'm telling you, it grieves my heart to see families who grow up in church, kids who come to church with their mom and dad, and yet they somehow for a season of their life kind of fade and fizzle, and it's not going to happen in the name of Jesus. I believe God wants to reveal himself as the God of breakthrough, not just to you, but to your children. David could have said, I'm from the house of breakthrough, and, and because I'm from the house of breakthrough, I'm never going to need a breakthrough. But God loves David too much to let him live on his great, 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 great grandfather's breakthrough. He's going to have his own enemy and need a breakthrough in his own personal life. Listen, if you're in this room, young lady, young man, and your mom and dad are like, you know, I feel sorry for my kids sometimes. You know, Devin and I, we're going down the road. Sometimes it's an intense moment of fellowship. Other times we're driving down the road and, you know, worship music comes on. My kids are all in the back. We're going vacation. Kids are all in the back. Worship music comes on. You know, I'm like, Father, we give you praise. And we start worshiping the Lord in the car. And they don't, they're all looking at me like, we're not in church. And I'm like, lift your hands, kids. <laughs> it's okay usually when they're in the car, but something really weird happens when you're out at the mall and you get overwhelmed with the goodness of God and you're like, and your kids are like, Dad, can you go in the dressing room for the love of God? Can you please slip into the dressing room if you're going to start that quickening thing? Come on, Dad. We know what happens next. Your neck starts snapping and tears start flowing. Why? Because... <laughs> But you know what? I'm thankful that my kids have seen their daddy's tears flow. And I'm thankful that my kids have, listen, it's not just the victories, it's the valleys that Devin and I have gone through that somehow by the grace of God, he has kept us through. Because if all we ever show our kids is this pristine walk and that there's never any issues, you say, Pastor, I have failed God and my kids know about it. Listen, I want to tell you right now, the enemy will try to bury you in condemnation, but God is a redemptive God. And if you'll just tell your kids, baby, your daddy, your mom, messed up but God gave them a new beginning and another chance and grace is greater than my sin I'm telling you right now we're gonna we're gonna build a culture of breakthrough our children need to know it was the Lord that brought us out and he's not only gonna do it for your daddy he's gonna do it for you too baby the greatest moment for me in all of Ruach this year was when my two girls introduced me the night I preached Judah and Zion came up you never know what kids are gonna say Man, I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed that the thing that made an impression on them are, are the things that they've seen God do in our lives. Listen, mom and dad, he's not just your God of breakthrough, he's their God of breakthrough. David comes from a culture and a house of breakthrough, but David is going to need his own breakthrough. Why? Because the enemy is stubborn. 2 Samuel chapter 5 says the Philistines heard David was anointed. Don't miss this. They heard he was anointed and they came for David. What's crazy, this is not the first time the Philistines showed up. They, they harassed and hindered the people of God under the previous administration, namely under King Saul. And Saul had no fresh anointing. He was disobedient to the voice of God. And because of that, the Philistines wore Israel out in battle over and over again. And after Saul dies, the Philistines disappear for eight years. You don't hear or see the Philistines for eight years. And then David becomes king and gets anointed over all of Israel. And the Philistines show up. This is crazy, but don't miss this. 
the anointing on David attracted an enemy. We need to fix something in the church. You are not under an attack because you were flawed. You are under an attack because you are favored. I thought it was better than that, so I'll go over here. You are not under an attack because you're flawed. You are under an attack because you are favored by God. If the enemy doesn't waste his time trying to attack you, it's an indication you're not carrying anything that makes him nervous. But when you've got something in you that makes hell tremble, namely the presence of the person of Jesus Christ, he will come against you, not because of what you don't carry, but because of who you do carry. If you're under an attack today, if you've been fighting something, if you've been walking through some stuff, if you've been dealing with some adversaries, it's not because you're not favored by God. It's because the anointing on your life has not only attracted favor, it's attracted an adversary. But I don't want to leave you there. I thought I'd bless you and encourage you and tell you that if the anointing on you attracts an enemy, it will also take care of your enemy. God will never put on you more than you can bear no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper David had to have his own breakthrough because the enemy shows back up time and again and here's what I want you to see I'm wrapping this up Philistines had plagued Israel for years eight years no attack David gets anointed Philistines show up here's what I want you if you're taking notes and you don't get anything else I say, I want you to get this. The enemy is never going to quit. But he's never, nope, hold on. Rewind. I'm going to right now. He's never going to quit, but he's always going to lose. I'm going to say it one more time for you. I'm going to say it real calm so your cerebral cortex grabs this revelation. The enemy is never going to quit, but he is always going to lose. Y'all over here good? Everybody good? I thought I'd come over here and tell y'all. The enemy is never going to quit, but he's always going to lose. This is like a football field. Do you understand why I sweat? This is 100 yards wide. I got to walk like 50 yards to get over here. I'm going to talk to y'all over here. The enemy will never quit, but he's always going to lose. I need to say that for some people who are in this building and they think that salvation exempts them from the trial. And somehow it wipes out the enemy and you never deal with them again. The enemy will never quit, but he'll always lose. David hasn't heard from the Philistines, gets under the anointing, they show up and he comes to the valley of Rephaim. Say Rephaim. Rephaim, Rephaim is giant and when you put I am, Chad, can you put that verse back up? When you put I am on the end of Repha, it becomes plural, Rephaim. Im is the plural, and it goes from giant to giants. 
This is the valley of giants. We always talked about when David was growing up, he had five stones in his bag. Why five? Why, Why not one? Because Goliath had brothers. Like if you want to talk some stuff, I'll do to you what we did to your brother. We're in the valley of giants and David is in a familiar place dealing with a familiar enemy. They've come back because he's under the anointing. And when he gets there, he does something powerful. He goes to God and says, shall I go up against them? God says, yes, go up against them. And David said, will you give me victory over them? And God says, yes, this is powerful. Before you get in a fight, ask God how to fight. Because he will give you a strategy that guarantees success. How do you like go to a battlefield and feel good about it when you're David and you've got a much smaller army than the Philistines? I mean, how do you go to a battlefield and and you're like, we got this. There's a lot of people in the church right now who are not confident in Christ because they've been listening to the wrong voice. How do you go to a battlefield and feel good about it when you're outnumbered? I'll tell you how. When you've heard the voice of the Lord tell you you're going to win, you can walk to the battlefield and be like, hey, God's got this. Well, that's arrogance and cockiness. No, see, religion has trained us that that insecurity and not being sure is a sign of true spiritual uh, maturity. But the reality of it is God wants you to trust him and be confident, not in your own ability, but in his word. If God said you'll overcome this enemy, then you got to walk to the battlefield and be like, look, if he don't help me, I know I don't have the power to do this. But if God be for me, who can be against me? So he goes to the battlefield and he goes up against the Philistines. Watch this. And God delivers them into his hand. This is where I want to just give this to you. David renames the location of the battle because of the victory God gave him there. It had historically been a valley of giants, and David said, today I'm renaming this location. It will no longer be known as the valley of giants. Today it becomes called Bel Perazim. Say Perazim. Anybody remember what I am does? Plural. We always say he's the Lord of the breakthrough, and this is where we get the text. He's the Lord of the breakthrough. That's great, but that's not what it really means. What it literally means in the Hebrew is Lord of the breakthroughs. Why do I need breakthroughs? Because you have many giants. (laughs) If it was just one giant, then it could be Bel Perez, but it's not Bel Perez. Where is Perez and who is this cat anyway? Remember him from last week? Genesis chapter 38, he's the one that got the breakthrough. And now his great, 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 great son David is in a battle. And what does he do? He remembers that his great, 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 great grandfather had a breakthrough. And now he's in a valley. He's surrounded by enemies. And he says, I'm not from a house of losers. I'm from a house of people who got a breakthrough. And watch this. And instead of saying that we're going to call this place the Lord of the breakthrough, he said, we're going to call it... Not Bel Perez, Bel Perazim. Bel, B-A-A-L means Lord. Perez would mean breakthrough. But when he adds the I-M on it, he makes it breakthroughs. 
I know it seems semantic, but I think it's significant. Why? Because in our life, we don't just need one breakthrough. Why? Because the enemy doesn't just show up one time. But the good news is this. Every time he does show up, there's another breakthrough for the next line of enemy battle. David says, this place is not going to be known as the Valley of Giants. It's going to be known as the place where the Lord of the breakthroughs broke us through. And this is what's crazy. David prophesies not only his battle, but he prophesies his victory in every battle. When he said he's the Lord of the breakthroughs, it means that we're going to have more than one battle. But if we have more than one battle, we're going to have more than one breakthrough. Come on. You can't get used to the battle. I, li- I want you to live in a culture not of always being enemy conscious, always being breakthrough conscious. Anytime an enemy shows up, he never quits, but he always loses. And some of you have had a family breakthrough before, but you're in a place this morning, and this is why I'm preaching this message, you're in a place this morning where you don't just need to thank him for what he's done before. You need another breakthrough right now. And I thought I'd bring you some good news and tell you if you've ever had one before, you need to praise him that God hasn't run out of breakthrough for you and he's not run out of breakthrough for your family. And I just want to say to you today, it's not over. Come on, tell somebody near you right now, it is not over. And somebody in this room today thinks it is over. You think this has been a one-shot deal? God's been good to you one time. He's helped you out before, but you run out of luck with God. That is not how God works. If the enemy ever shows up once and God defeats him in your life, it is a prophetic announcement that living on the inside of you is the seed of victory that came through Christ. And you will know greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody say this. I was born again for victory. Brother Wallace, I was born from a long line of troubled people. Screwed up people, Brother Wallace. Everybody in my house. Then you, of all people, ought to be like the craziest worshiper in the whole building. Nobody, nobody has a greater right to worship than somebody who the enemy thought they had. (laughs) Rick, Gary, come up on the stage with me right quick. Okay. Rick, you don't have to dress up. I mean, it's okay. We're... We're all family here. He's like checking himself out. You're married, Rick. It's okay. She's on the front row, okay? You look great. Rick is the consummate Christian. Went to Sunday school all of his life. Trusted Jesus at an early age. I know his mom and dad, precious saints of God. Got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Went to youth camp. Got slain in the spirit. Got the preaching gift. Got anointed. God's been on him all of his life. He's a conqueror. This guy, 
This is my brother-in-law, and we're family, and we do, we do life together. And I know his amazing testimony. I know how he knew Christ at a young age because his mom and dad, and they taught him about Jesus. But, but some things come in life. Some other things attracted him. The world attracted him and pulled him away. But somewhere, uh, what year was that? 1990. Two, on, on, a, on a back row at Woodward Avenue, Church of God, Joe Sneed was preaching a sermon called One More Night with the Frogs. Gary Keelan was running from God. He wanted nothing to do with Jesus. He, 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 he had money. He had fame. He had a big job. He wasn't even going to be a share pastor. But that night, God broke in. Perez broke through. The devil lost. Jesus won. What's the point? This man is a conqueror, but this man is more than a conqueror. He didn't know God at an early age. He, did, he, he didn't have a breakthrough at an early age. But when God decided to show up on a Tuesday night in a revival, God said, I'm breaking through in your life, and I'm going to give you a breakthrough that's not only going to bless you, it's going to bless your sons, it's going to bless your daughter. I'm going to raise up a house that's a people of breakthrough. I need somebody that's more than a conqueror. You haven't been churchy all of your life, but today you know you're here by the grace of God. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Look at your neighbor say, you are more than a conqueror. I'm through with this. If we're gonna build a culture, a breakthrough it has to start with somebody and when you get one breakthrough don't ever quit come on stand with me I'm through preaching today when you get one breakthrough don't ever think it's the last one because your enemy is stubborn well brother Wallace I didn't come today for you to tell me I was gonna have more enemies you're supposed to tell me that I'm not ever going to have another enemy. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. You may go through more attack because you're anointed. Ain't nobody wants to get happy about that. I say that and y'all are like, get your stuff, Mabel. We're getting out of here. <laughs> the enemy, which we think attack means failure and defeat. Attack is an indication. It's just the indicator. The enemy shows up when the oil is on your life. And if you panic and start believing this is over, I'm done. You have believed the wrong voice. He's not the God of breakthrough. He's the God of breakthroughs. He's the God of breakthroughs. You don't get a culture of breakthrough with just one breakthrough. You start it, but you don't get there. A culture of breakthrough comes from breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. The enemy shows up with another attack, and God says, I got this one too. This text I read to you today, the enemy shows up and God says, go up before him, and God delivers Philistines into David's hand. They come back next year. Read the text. They came back the next year. David did a smart thing. He went back to God and said, what do you want me to do? You want me to do the same thing I did last time? Oh, if I had time to teach. 
David could have assumed that the last strategy would have brought him victory in this new battle. But what you must understand is every time your enemy shows up, God is far too wise to execute the same strategy that he used before. The enemy knows what strategy you did before, so he's always trying to outthink, and he's always trying to be a step ahead, but God said, I'll never be outsmarted by the enemy. I don't want you to go up before him, David. I want you to circle behind him. This is where growing up, man, my favorite sermon to hear them old preachers preach, when you hear the sound, going in the top of the mulberry trees. And we all, we didn't even know what that meant, but it sounded right. Going in the top of the mulberry tree. When you hear the sound going in the top of the mulberry trees, that's time to pick up your weapons and advance. Here's the deal. I said it when we were praying earlier. I hear a sound. Why don't I see it? Because oftentimes what God is going to do in the seeing realm begins by hearing something in the spiritual realm. I'm going to rewind that. Oftentimes before God does something in the seeing realm, this realm that we're living in, he says or releases a sound in the spiritual realm. How do I know that's true? Because the servant of Elijah said, I, or actually Elijah told the servant, I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear it. So go up and tell me what you see. So the servant runs up to the top of Mount Carmel and says, I don't see anything. Well, then go back because I know what I heard. Some of y'all have heard some stuff from God that you haven't seen in a natural realm. But when you hear that thing, it's time to advance. Don't wait till you see it. You got to move when you hear it. The Lord said to me, I was in Washington, D.C. last week, and the Lord said this to me when I was walking the streets with Deb. We were walking, and the Lord said, what I'm getting ready to do in this nation is not the result of masses. It's the result of a remnant. Sometimes you think we got to have a majority or, or the masses in agreement before God does something significant. Now, the masses and the majority may be a recipient of the blessing, but the remnant are usually the ones who hear it. And believe it when there is nothing really to look at and stand upon. God said to David, when you hear a sound, your ability to walk in victory in this season is not based on what you see. It's based on your spiritual perception of what God is saying, what heaven is sounding like. Can you walk in sync with the angels? Can you get in harmony with heaven can we get our timing in alignment so that when heaven moves, man, I feel this. We need to move in step with heaven. The church is always like resistant to move with God. Why? Because we want God to give us a strategy like the one he gave us last time. Whew, I can't go here. But how many people are stuck because God's doing it a different way than he used to do it? Well, I don't like all them lights in the church. I don't like all them new songs. Where the back hymnals? Well, they're down in my heart. But there's a new sound coming from this generation, and I like the old stuff. You know I do. I sing it, but some of y'all got to get unhung up waiting on God to replay a moment from 50 years ago. God is far too wise. Oh, y'all can't handle this. I, 
I feel the offense rising while I'm talking. Well, we want it to be like it used to be. That worked back in the 50s, but baby, I still sing them old songs. Y'all know I sing them old songs. Don't get offended. But there's a sound that's coming out of the earth. The redeemed. Come on. I don't want just young people to sound, sing these new songs. I need some of my old saints in here to make up their mind. I will not miss the move. Come on in here. Where are my senior citizens that get a discount at Shoney's? I need somebody in here to say, I will not. Come on. We're the 60s and older. I know this ain't how I did it growing up, but I refuse to miss this move. I will not miss the move. It don't look like what it used to look like. It may not even sound like what it used to sound like, but I hear a sound going forth in the top of the mulberry tree. God is on the move. Grandma, Grandpa, I got good news for you. Those that lifted their hands and I feel the Holy Ghost on my head right now. Those of you that lifted your hands and said, I won't miss it. God told me to tell you, neither will your children and neither will your grandchildren. They're not going to miss it either. They're not. I wish you would shout right now. They're not going to miss it. Whoa, I felt the Lord come in this room on that. They're not going to miss it. He's doing a new thing. And we won't miss it. And it ain't even how I thought it would be. It's different. But we're a house of breakthroughs. Serving the Lord of the breakthroughs. And every generation needs a breakthrough. And every generation, it looks and sounds a little different. But it's still God. Come on, let's lift our hands. Father, I pray for every house right now. You're the Lord of the breakthroughs. May a culture, this is what I'm blessing you with. I'm going to pray for specific needs in a moment. But I want everyone in this room that wants to live in a culture of breakthrough to lift your hands. I'm going to bless you with it right now. And you say, Pastor, how can you? I'm just going to release it like Aaron blessed the people of Israel. I'm going to bless you with it today. You're going to believe it and mix your faith with it, and God's going to do it. I bless your house, Hoshapaya to be a house of breakthroughs. It is not that you will have one victory. It is not that you will only have one season of battle. It is simply the promise that the enemy will never, ever win. The enemy will never quit, but he always loses. And I declare over you today that if you will keep asking God, and I feel the anointing right in this room right now, if you'll just keep leaning on God and asking God for direction, you will not only see one breakthrough, but you will begin to live in a culture of breakthroughs. I don't want another battle. I can't promise you you'll never have another battle, but I promise you you will always have a breakthrough because the God we serve is not the God of one victory. He is the God of perpetual victory. Over and over and over I get in these moments and these old songs that I used to sing growing up or heard the old saints sing growing up get to me. And this woman in my church, her name was Sister Gail. She had a banjo and a guitar. And she'd say, I got one more river to cross. Y'all don't know this one, do you? One more mountain to climb. 
You do know that one. I got one more valley that I got to go through, and I'll be leaving my troubles behind. I've got one more battle with the devil, and I know he'll understand that I'm going through with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hold him to his nail-scarred hand. Hold him to his nail-scarred hand. Brian. I think I'm going to sing that before I let you go one more time. We've got one more river to cross. We've got one more mountain to climb. We've got one more valley that we're going to walk through. We'll be leaving our troubles behind. I've got one more battle with the devil, and I know he'll understand that we're going through with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hold him to his nail-scarred hand. Hey, somebody open up your mouth and shout. I feel some joy. Yeah. Lord, I better quit because I feel something happening. I feel the God of the breakthroughs rising up for you today. I feel the house of breakthroughs rising up today. Somebody who wants to carry home the breaker anointing, lift your voice, lift your hands, and declare he is the God of the breakthroughs. Yes! Oh, yes! Heads bowed, eyes closed. We're leaving in a moment.